Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 168. This week on the show, I've got an incredible conversation with Dan from the band Alt. Um, Huge fan of these guys. I just very recently discovered them myself, but diving into their discography and um, having this conversation with Dan, the lead singer, was really, uh, really cool. And um, their discography's super dope because there's a little bit of everything in there whether you you know like something on the heavier side a little bit softer if you want some you know just thrashy type stuff like there's there's a little bit of everything there so i had a great time talking with him though we talked about this new album that's getting ready to drop it's called abeyance it comes out friday june 16th and that will be out everywhere via sharp tone records um except in australia in australia it will be released through resist records um it's a really fucking dope album um it is a great continuation but also not copying the previous ep like it's just this really cool um future of the band and their sound sonically and you know dan and i talk about that we talked about working with some incredible legends uh in various scenes he worked with not just he the band worked with uh marcus from north lane landon from the plot and you zach from dream on dreamer and trenton from hands like houses uh they got callan um to come back and do production again. It's just this really fucking dope album. Um, So the majority of our time is spent talking about that album and um, just everything that revolves around it and booking tours and shit like that. And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. I hope you do. I definitely want you to go over, check out their, their shit, But do it after this conversation, because I think after you hear Dan talk about some of the songs, um, you'll listen to him in a kind of a new light. So let's go ahead and get into this. Let's dive into my conversation with Dan from the band Alt. So, uh, yeah, to kick things off, let's start with that that boring ass opening question, man. Who are you? Little background on yourself. And um, let's talk about some of this new new news that you guys have. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'm Daniel, uh, singer of Alt. Um, this is pretty much only my second band. So yeah, still, uh, I don't know, can't really say new. I've been doing it for about seven years, but Alt's been around since late 2019. So we got impacted heavily by COVID straight away, starting out, which is always good. Um, but yeah, we got our first album coming out June 16th through Sharp Tone Records um, worldwide, as well as Resist Records here in Australia and New Zealand um yeah that's that's pretty much pretty much yeah. it We've got some tours lined up uh nothing nothing in your neck of the woods yet but hopefully down the track yeah well you know i've had several australian artists on the the podcast um but even especially recently talking to emmy from red hook and um jake from between you and me uh david from bellhaven 
And the big thing is, like, I think so often it gets lost a little bit that, oh, well, they're just not coming to the States. And it's like, no, it's not that they don't come to the States. It's that it's fucking expensive to come to the States. I can yes. go to the UK pretty easily, but getting to the States is a pain in the ass. Yeah, look, it's it's probably one of the, it's probably the most expensive overseas market to get to. Um, and you, you do want to go there, but it just has to be the right opportunity. Like you have to be able to go there and know you're going to play really good shows yeah. to make it worth the cost that it's going to cost to go over there. Like you can't go over there and just play like dingy little, Two hundred cap room or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you have you have to make it really worth it. So um, for us, it's just waiting for that right opportunity for us to go over. And you know, we've only just recently signed to Sharp Tone, and we haven't put out our album yet. So we're hoping put that out, and then sort of um, use that leverage to see where we can we can go with it. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I'm a big fan of Sharp Tone Records. I I do a lot of work with the team over there, and you know, this isn't just blowing smoke because you're on their label, but like you're in really good company. They've got some great label mates that, you know, hopefully there'll be something post the release of the album that can kind of sync up where it's like, you know what, they're going to be on the road anyway. Like let's, let's throw alt with them. Let's have our, you know, our crew take care of this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And they've definitely got, yeah, as you said, the roster to support something like that. There's um, plenty of bands in their roster that don't play 200 cap rooms that hopefully right. we can, you know, snag an opening spot for or something like that. And, um, you know, really get over there as well as we, um, you know, we get to support some international bands here in Australia and hope enough that we can make a connection with one of those that they can bring us over. It's just harder in Australia because the tours are shorter. Yeah. So by the time that the tour is over, you're just starting to warm up to right. each other. And really quick and with it, everybody, yeah. And then it's over. <laughs> and then the tour is over. So you don't get to make those uh, longer lasting connections as you'd hope uh, that you would on something like a, you know, 30-day US tour or 20-day, you know, Europe tour or something like that. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, I know Red Hook was just, they're finishing up their string of shows and it's considered a tour but when you really look at it it's like three days on then like four days off and then three days on and it's not because of like that's how emmy needs her her vocal rest or anything it's that that's just when shows can kind of happen down there like it doesn't have the mass market availability that the u.s has no it's because you've got you know five major cities that you can play in and then if you're playing any other shows it's in you know the next sort of level city and you might add a couple but if it's a, a band like we just played with Don Broco that was like our latest tour that we did and that literally just did the three major cities on the east coast and that was it so we just went played a Thursday played a Saturday played a Sunday went home yeah so yeah it's just there's just not as many cities but you're covering almost just as much space which is the crazy the crazy thing yeah yeah, for sure. Um, and Don Bronco is one of those bands that, you know, it, to your point about not playing 200 cap rooms anymore, right? Like those guys have blown up over the last couple of years. Um, so for for you guys to have that opportunity to kind of step in and say, you know, this is our our home world, like let us let us warm them up for you is a pretty cool thing. 
Yeah, for sure. They're a great band, another sharp tone band. Um, and yeah, like across Europe and UK, like they they do they do really good numbers. So yeah, like good on them. Um, great band. But yeah, it's just those are the opportunities that I guess we're going to take and see what we can run with it for the future. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's kind of rewind a little bit and talk about, you mentioned at the beginning, obviously you guys starting in around 2019 for this project and then COVID just fucking slaps everybody in the face and, and puts you in closets. Right. So yes. what was that like? Obviously the Australian, you know, America, we, we fucked up the whole like quarantine thing. All right. Like we know that the lockdowns weren't great here. Uh, but you guys were really strict about it and honestly are just really now starting to unlock some of those higher levels of, of stuff too, right? Like being able to have larger capacity crowds and things like that. Yeah. So we went into our debut EP with a plan. Like we just had such a plan for how we we're going to go. And um, so we released the first single in December, 2019 and released a couple of singles up to the release of the EP on the 10th of April. And one week later, we were in complete lockdown. Um, so pretty much any plans we had just got tossed out the window, um, which was great. We had our like first tour organized and stuff like that. And yeah, it just didn't happen. Um, so we didn't get to play our first show after the EP for like nine months. I think it was in December of 2020. And it was an outdoor show, standing, no dancing allowed, all that sort of stuff um then we got to do a you know like a tour and then a half of a tour and they were also standing no dancing allowed sort of tours and then we had lockdowns again and then we did seated shows and all that sort of stuff but it wasn't too bad I feel like we actually got a fair bit of traction out of the COVID times because we just released the EP and we decided to stay active but we um did acoustic versions of songs. We did like a, a live set and posted that and, um, you know, did merch kind of just like kept active with like lyric descriptions, like, you know, detailed analysis of the songs and stuff like that. So we kept in the forefront, like sort of on social media and then just kept working on new music in the background. So yeah, yeah it may have just completely changed our plans, but as soon as COVID was over, we ended up, doing a tour with like North Lane, Pliny and Sleep Token, like as soon as things got lifted to like proper crowds. So we were just like, well, all that hard work that we just did was worth it because now this is our first tour we're coming back with. And all tours since then have all gone ahead and all been great. Um, no COVID restrictions at all. So I think it would have been like mid last year when everything kind of just got got lifted. So yeah, we we've done a run with Sayerson and a run with Don Broco this year. So things are yeah. all looking up. Yeah, things for sure. And those are none of the names that you just dropped are names that anybody would be like, eh, not a big deal, right? Like every one of yeah. those is a, a next pillar um, of the climb. And I think that's incredible for a band that's as young as you guys are, at least into the, the music scene, you know, and being able to make such a, a heavy impact right away. Um, I think, you know, the, the COVID thing, it's kind of a blessing in disguise as fucked up as that is to say, right? Like, yes, yeah. it sucks. It threw a wrench and everything, but at the same time, like it leveled the playing field. So everybody had the same opportunity. It's really 
to your point, how hard do you want to grind? Are you going to stay on social media? Mm. Are you going to do these little specialty things? Because there was definitely bands <clears throat> that were like ahead of us for sure yeah. um, at the start of COVID. And then they didn't do anything during the COVID time. Like they just were like, all right, let's, well, they didn't do anything like publicly. So right. they just may have worked on an album or something like that not done any posts about it, not played any shows when, when they could, like didn't do anything. Um, and now post-COVID, they're all releasing their albums and things like that. But mm -hmm. like we're the ones who are getting the opportunities to play these tours and, you know, have these great experiences and they're like playing catch up. So the ones who definitely were more active during that COVID times are definitely sort of reaping the benefits of it. So it's hard to think that if COVID didn't happen where we would be, would we be in the same position or right. uh, to us, we're like, maybe we would have been worse off because we yeah. weren't the forefront in people's minds because we were, weren't going to be as active as some of these other bands, maybe like who knows, but yeah. either yeah. way, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change a thing now because of where, where we are. <laughs> Right, yeah. Hindsight being twenty twenty, for sure wouldn't change it. Obviously, in the moment, it's like fuck. Like, can we yeah, please just make it go away? Like, <laughs> yeah. Look, it probably uh, went on a little bit longer than it needed to be. If it was, if it was there for a bit, and then it right. went after we kind of did that small little stint of being able to get those fans with online presence. Yeah. Then it would have been good. But there was times of like, yeah, this tour got cancelled, and then this tour got cancelled. It's like, all right. Well, it's enough now. Like we're we're ready now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think you know we had that in the U.S. some too, where there obviously were so many bands out on the road when lockdowns started happening and things like that, and the number of tour cancellations that happened. And then, thank God, you guys weren't overseas at the time, right? Because then you're like, "Fuck, how do we get home? Like, what do we do to to do these things?" Um, it, it's just a it was a crazy time for sure. But I do think you know, not to keep harping on it, but the people like you that the artists like you that continued to to craft and remain public about what they were crafting, not knocking anybody necessarily that just worked on an album in the background, but I do see a lot more of the bands that were like, I don't want to say like shoving their shit down people's throats, but like constantly doing live streams and being interactive with fans those bands definitely did level up whereas some of the the bigger bands just kind of stayed at wherever they were yeah or even sometimes just like a like a minor regression yeah. because people just forgot that they were around but like yeah i guess now that's their time now to try and push as hard as they can now that they're whatever they were working on them that time secretly right. is now out like i guess they've just got to work that little bit harder to get that audience back or get their names in people's mouths again. So, yeah. Yeah. And I guess we're now in that situation where we've got the album coming out. So, we've got probably most of the hard work now ahead of us to make sure as many people as possible hear this album. Yeah. Um, and so, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about, you know, kind of the writing process leading into this. Obviously, you've been working <clears throat> on it for a while. The new album's called Abeyance, uh, drops June 16th via sharp tone um let's go through kind of the whole mentality that went into this right like you guys 
again, coming out of lockdowns and being able to start writing and still being a little bit cautious about like, okay, how much is too much, right? Like you're still feeling the waters. Um, but I will say I've been able to hear it and I got to say probably your best work so far, you know, and that's not, again, me blowing Thank smoke you. to you. It's just legitimately based out of what I've, I've been able to check out from you guys. This album is very apparent that a lot of intent went into this. Yeah. So we actually wrote the first single Wraith the month that our EP came out. So we wrote Wraith in April, 2020. So we've been writing it since April, 2020. And I reckon we finished recording the album in April, 2022. So the album's also been done for a year and three, four months now. Yeah. Um, and it's been being written for like two years and like two and a half years or something right. like that. It's, it's just stupid. But like what happened was, yeah, I guess we put the EP out and then straight away we got in touch with Landon Tours of like The Plot New. Mm-hmm. And then we wrote a bunch of songs together. Um, I, like two of them, I think we kept for the album. One of them we released as like a single called Devil's Cut um, like a year or so ago. Um, and that kind of just, I guess, created a just like a, a shallow sort of like idea of where the songs were sort of like heading um and then after that we wrote a couple more songs uh one of them being add which was our third single um and as soon as we wrote that song we we're kind of like all right we know what this album is going to sound like this it was like the kind of cornerstone yeah. of the album and then the songs that we did that's why we decided to release devil's cut because we're like look this is just not in the sound that we're doing on this on this album um and then wraith and then the other song, which is Better Off Leaving, which is like the closing track on the album with the two that we kept with, with Landon. Um, and we are kind of like, well, they're going to be at the real opposite ends of the scale of what it is. And then ADD was sort of in the middle. We just sort of filled out the rest and just found what pieces were missing. But to what you sort of said, I, I do believe it is our best work yet. Um, I think the EP was very much a new band trying to figure out what they're about. Um, whereas this album is more deliberate it is more confident we, we are like on obviously the album's quite dynamic the sound changes like a lot from yeah. you know from some song to song but it was just like this song sounds like this this song's going to sound like this and um the style of this or whatever it was, it was just very like we were like yeah so sure of what that song was going to sound like whereas yeah, before I guess we're a little bit like, oh, maybe we add something like this. I don't know, like, will this be good or whatever? Right. So there's, I think it shows. I think it shows that there is just a lot more confidence in what all is on abeyance. Um, not to say that that's what we're going to sound like in the future. We don't know. We haven't, we haven't started that yet. But yes, it's yeah. way more confident. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I think that's the honestly one of the most beautiful things about the music scene now um coming through covid i feel like it was starting to change a little bit before that but through covid everybody being stuck at home they had to start listening to all these different types of music and stuff so i think it's a little more accepting and forgiving of style changes and things like that so 
even if the next album doesn't sound anything like Abeyance, it doesn't mean fans are going to run away from it either because they've got such diverse taste now. Yeah, and I think that we have enough diversity on the album itself that it kind of... I feel like we're a band that we can just do whatever we want, right. whenever we want sort of thing, and the fans just kind of expect that. Um, I guess it's a bit polarizing even within within our own fan base that there are people who come up to us and go, oh, I really like this song. And it's like, you know, on the softer scale and then they go on and about all the, the softer songs that we have and they really right. love it. And then you've got some of the other fans that are like, oh, I love this song. And it's like the heaviest song we have. And then they're like, oh, and this song and this song and this song. And they're all on the heavier scale. So I feel like we do have the fans that like each polar sort of side of our sound but then of course we have the fans that just like like everything but i guess it's just sounds that appease all of our tastes in the band um so we have members who listen to heavier stuff as well as members who listen to more poppy sort of stuff and it's just like an amalgamation of both um which is really good um but in saying that obviously you've heard the album and the singles we've put out so far are more on the heavy scale yeah. Um, and I think that has taken a few fans by surprise and a few fans that were kind of like, oh, I really like the softer stuff. But as you're aware, they are coming. We do yes. have, we definitely have enough softer songs on the album too. They just, uh, they just haven't been singles yet. So keen and, to, keen to show everyone. Yeah. And, and that's not to say that they're any less or any, you know, any weaker than the songs that have been singles. That's, such a misconception that that people have when it comes to like casual fans when it comes to oh well they they released you know the the best five songs off the album already that's what the singles are and it's like well not necessarily like a lot of times it's what can we get the most traction on at this moment in time or you know what's going to give enough of a showcase about what this album really is yeah and the funny thing is the five songs that well, because we're, we're releasing a, another single um, just before the album comes out. I think only a couple of weeks before the album comes out. But the five songs that aren't singles are my favorite five on the album. Yeah. So it's kind of um, so it's kind of like yeah, it's definitely not um, the case. I guess with our album that those five songs are take are like the best ones. Like they could be the best for some people, but. Yeah, I, I feel like every song that we had on the album could have been a single um, and we just had to play, yeah, exactly exactly that. What songs did we think were going to get talked about the most or yeah. have the most traction in terms of maybe even just the labels we were signing to, um, just what we believe the label's fans would want to hear more, not necessarily yeah. what our fans wanted to hear more. But I think they'll get the idea. Uh, when the fifth single comes out, which is Friend in the Dark, it is the weird, wacky song it, on there that people are kind of bizarre, gonna, but it's great. <laughs> yeah, people are going to hear it and go, "All right, I need to hear what the rest is going to sound like." Because I thought I had an idea of what it's going to sound like, and now I just don't know anymore. <laughs> but and and for anyone, that song drops just to, just slightly after the middle of the album too. So it's almost this like turning point of like. Hey, you thought you had a pretty good grasp of everything, but here's this fucking weird curveball that we're throwing at you now. Yeah, yeah, it was it was weird how that song came about. Um, 
my little brother is like pursuing acting and um, he was kind of auditioning for this role in like a teen slasher style movie. Yeah. And I grew up on like Scream and Halloween and all that sort of shit. So straight away, I was just like inspired and I was at work and I literally just wrote out the lyrics for the song on my phone at work in like five minutes. And then I went home and just sampled a basic drum beat and had a bass guitar and just did all the, like the underlying bass for it and just yeah. sent it to the band was like, here's a song, it's done. And um, they really didn't like it at first, <laughs> but um, once we started fleshing it out with like synths and guitars and stuff like that, and then we kind of added the bridge part of it everyone came around and then now they're all like yeah let's make it a single <laughs> you guys hated this <laughs> yeah. but and honestly isn't that normally how it is though like usually the the song that comes to bet together the fastest is either a favorite of everyone or only the person that wrote it like you know what i mean there's yeah. no in, in the middle of oh yeah we're kind of on board it's like bro what the fuck did you do like what is this <laughs> yeah which is also like really weird because um we initially wrote an ep so we wrote seven songs because we were like look i don't think we're at the stage in our band's career where we can do an album and then um we had some sort of meetings with people and they were all just like the seven songs are really solid you are pretty much doing yourself a disservice if you don't do an album yeah so we wrote three more songs well technically we wrote like nine more songs in like the space of a month which is like the most amount of songs we've ever written in any period of time ever. <laughs> and then those three songs that came out of it are like probably my three favorites on the, on the album. And they were just pretty much smashed together. Yeah. Um, which was the, which is like the intro track parasite um, back to earth, which I think is in the first half. And then yeah. there's a song called the only good thing, which is just about my wife. And it's like obviously the uh, the main ballad of the album. Yeah. yeah, it's a little sappy, but in the best sort of way. Like sappy yeah. in the cliche sense of like, oh, of course he wrote a song about his wife. But yeah. like, I think when people hear it, they're gonna be like, okay, no, this fucking makes sense. Like it fits the band. Yeah, it's good because like the other nine songs are all about just nothing to do with oh except for better off leaving is obviously a better relationship but uh every other song's not so it's kind of like oh it's okay that like people want to hear stuff about relationships and stuff like that so and we did that a lot on the debut ep and i kind of wanted to step away from that on the album because we did it so much where it was like relationships with parents relationships with friends or loved ones whatever um i was just like I'm sick of talking about relationships all the time. I have to talk about what's going on around us and I guess about myself a bit more, um, which is why it's kind of taken a more darker, heavier tone on this next album. Because when we were writing it, we were in not the greatest times. So it's just what was coming out. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I think it's worked really well um let's talk about you you kind of touched on you know working with landon a little bit but let's talk about some of the the incredible people that have their hands in this no pun intended with uh trenton here but you work with trenton from hands like houses uh landon from the plot and you zach from dream on dreamer and marcus from north lane like talk about again 
pillars in the fucking industry and the music scene. What was it like, you know, getting to quote unquote rub shoulders with them and pick their brains about some of this stuff? Yeah, so we did a lot of that on our debut EP, um, kind of just working with people. I think we worked with Trent and from Hands Like Houses on that one, the guys from Dream on Dreamer, and then a couple of other bands like Wind Waker and um, Awake and I Am, whatever on that first release. Um, they're all, both of those are like Australian bands. But um, then this time around, we we're like, let's, yeah, reach out to people who we think we can sort of like learn something from. Right. So that's when we, when we started. So we did um, Wraith and we did that with Landon and it was just a simple email to him just being like, Hey, like, this is awesome. We sent him our current work and he really liked it and wanted to get on board with us. So we kind of wrote those songs from scratch with him, him kind of coming up with ideas and us sending things back and yeah. backwards and forwards. And then when that was done, um, it was just uh, friends of ours had worked with Marcus from North Lane and we decided like, let's hit him up. Let's just do some vocal pre-production with him and, you know, finalize these vocals for these songs. So we did Devil's Cut and, and Wraith with Marcus and um, it was super easy, super fluent. Like everything was just coming back and forth. Even when writing lyrics, like I came up with a line and he's like, oh yeah, and then you could say this. And I was like, yeah, then I can say this. And we're just like kind of layering it. Yeah. Just like all the lyrics, uh, which is really cool. Um, and then it's just like after doing, a, yeah, like Better Off Leaving and Wraith, like if we're just talking about the album, with those two, it kind of gave us a really good um, idea of like, okay, this is, you know, we've, we've now taken some learnings from these guys. Let's go forward and, and, um, like do some stuff ourselves so then pretty much we wrote the rest of the album like just us um and then there was like a couple of songs like better off leaving um which we knew was going to be important because it's like the final song in the album we wanted that to be really good um as well as a pep that we were like this is like our heaviest like most hitting song that we've ever written so we're like, we wanted to put a little bit of extra emphasis on those songs. So and we reached out for Zach, we're better off leaving um, just to run through vocal pre-production. And um, he added a couple of cool bits where I actually just didn't have vocals at all. Um, so I was just like, oh, cool. So um, it's cool just about those, that's as those ideas off of him. And obviously he was someone we'd worked with before. So we just felt comfortable going back with him. And then uh, Trenton with a pet, just because we, I was like, um, mainly with him, he's just a very, very good lyricist. Yeah. Um, so going into that song, like most of the melodies were already down. Um, he actually helped out more in the heavier parts of those two songs vocally, which is funny enough. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I went into that song being like, I have so much that I want to say in this song and I just don't know how to say it. And I really feel like that's where he shunned more in that song not so much with like yeah, as I said like melodies he probably just had like tiny little tweaks and then the heavy parts he kind of helped refine but lyrically he took a lot of my ramblings um and just made it really cohesive so like we have a lot to owe to him in in the lyricism sort of more on that song yeah. um but then the rest of the songs yeah we pre-produced um with our producer which is Callum also of uh Dream on Dreamer yep so he um, kind of just helped bolster all the songs instrumentally with 
like synth layering, making sure structures were like on point and um, even, yeah, maybe just adding little bits here and there. So yeah, really, I think we've learned so much from this and I feel like the best way to learn is to work with people who have done it, been there before, been successful doing it. And um, yes, we've had such a good team and I don't think we're going to stop. So um, if we do, if we're lucky enough to be able to do another album, like there's definitely some people we want to reach out to, but this time more overseas artists who, you know, I guess are more like, oh, it's a, it'd be a dream to work with them. Right. Like those sorts of people are the people we'd love to like sort of learn from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, you're exactly right. Like the best way to learn, especially in this industry, whether it is song production, lyricism, even the touring side of stuff is to be with people that have been there and done it, you know, and that's not to say that, you know, you can't learn it on your own or that you're not going to still struggle from time to time, but like to be able to lean on someone like Trenton and say, Hey man, I, I just can't figure out this hook. Like what, what am I missing? And it may be as simple as, well, take these two lines and move them here and move these here to be your kind of the lead into the hook. And it's like, fuck, I never would have thought about that, but it's just the way, you know, the progression works. Yeah, definitely. And it's just like, yeah, I don't think we could have wrote half the albums we did on, half the albums, half the songs on this album that we did if we didn't work for the people that we did on the EP. Um, and then obviously I don't think the songs that we've done on this album that we did with some of the other people couldn't have been as good as they were if we didn't, which then in turn will be like, well, when we write more music again, which hopefully is soon. I've been trying to <laughs> been trying to start writing some new music soon, but it's just like we're doing so many tours at the moment that it's just like it's hard to have the bandwidth to do both. But um, yeah, it's just like I'm excited to see what we're going to write next after what we've now learned you know, on this one, because for yeah. example, those, those three songs that I said that we wrote to make the album just before, like we didn't get any assistance on those three songs at all. So it's just like, well, that kind of just shows, well, we, that's what we've learned already on this album, yeah. putting into just these three songs. And those three songs, as I said, I think are some of the best songs on the, on the album. Like I think Parasite will probably be like a, an opener for uh, our set for a while to come um, which will be which will be really exciting yeah for sure um talk a little bit about you know i don't want to say that you're disconnected from it but you know having started writing this this album literally two and a half years ago to now like is there a little bit of a disconnection to some of these songs because you've had them for so long even though they haven't quote unquote existed in the world yet yeah, I'm pretty like sick of the songs, <laughs> um, but they haven't come out yet. So it's kind of like, um, yeah, I haven't heard them in a long time. So sometimes I put them on just to go, oh yeah, this is what it sounds like again, just to sort of trigger my memory. But uh, the good thing is we are starting because the album's coming out. We're actually going through the album and actually relearning the song together because yeah. um it's it's funny because like as a vocalist you don't really normally forget the songs vocally too yeah. much but it's mainly the other guys 
like the guitarists and that are like, I don't know how to play these songs anymore right. because we never really ever played them together. Um, they were kind of just tracked onto like a computer, then taken into a studio and then just played on the spot and then never to be like played again, really. So yeah. now we're kind of going through, we're taking songs out of the SAS, we're kind of like um, adding new songs that are singles um, and plans for like a headline tour. We want to play the album in full as well as like hits from sort of like dysfunctional and stuff like yeah. that. So we're now going through and we're now learning all the songs. And when we are relearning the songs, we're kind of like, it is reinvigorating us for that particular like track. So how long that lasts for, I don't know, because even then when we're, we're like practicing the songs, we're like, oh yeah, we're keen, we're keen to write some new songs so we can have like <laughs> new stuff. But as soon as we played, like last night, we played um, a pep and ADD and maybe even the Great Depression for the first time and then like our hometown. And it was just like exhilarating to like play those songs and watch the crowd kind of get into it, that it kind of does reignite, you know, for those songs. So maybe I feel disconnected to half the album, um, but that'll come back as we start practicing them and learning them again. Yeah, for sure. And I, I guess my whole thought process with it is because, you know, like you're not the same person that you were when you wrote those, you know what I mean? Like it's, no. it's that whole thing where, you've got so many fans that they go and see an artist with a, a huge discography because they've been together for 20 years or whatever. And they're like, man, I wish they would have played this song off the first album. And it's like, man, they were 17 when they wrote that. Like, yeah, not the same fucking kids anymore. Nah. And yeah, even with two and a half years, it's like some of the things in the, um, on that album, like lyrically, I guess I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like that anymore. Um, but some of the, I actually understand more now, yeah. like it's become more prevalent to me now. So some of the things like around race and a path around about, you know, I think how a lot of the, the things were handled in regards to COVID and um, a lot of the things in terms of like, you know, segregation between like people on social media and stuff like that, just really creating a massive divide in the world um was a lot more prevalent at the time i still think it is prevalent but it's not so in your face all the time now that it's kind of like i probably don't feel as strongly about it now but i still do believe that there is an issue with social media and that it is creating huge huge problems in the world yes um wouldn't be surprised if wars start over social media um in the not so distant future but it's just like but yeah some of the things like around add um you know i just i feel strong more strongly about that song now as i'm finding myself being more exhausted by my own self all right. the time <laughs> but it's uh yeah so i understand that and yeah it is it's probably a bit of both to be honest so yeah, yeah. yeah for sure um with this album one of the things that i'm a big stickler about i tell people to do it all the fucking time even when it's not a conceptual album but how important is it to you that people listen to this front to back when it actually gets released as a complete work because like to me you're you're really doing a disservice to the artist if you're not listening to it in order from from start to finish at least a couple times just to really get a feel of it look obviously we we've created the album and we put the tracks in an order 
for a reason. So obviously you want people to listen to it um, front to back, you know, as it is. Um, I understand also that people don't have the ability to do that, whether they be time poor or that's just not how they like to, you know, um, listen to content or, yeah. you know, what they want to do. Um, but if I could, you know, ask or if I had the option to dictate how people listen to the album, um, it would be, yeah, like start to finish. Um, a lot of the problem lying in that, though, is a lot of the singles are stacked in the first half. Right. So I think Wraith is two, ADD is three. Um, ADD is four. ADD is four, is it? Shit. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Parasite, Wraith, oh. Great Depression, ADD, Back to Earth, APEP, Friend in the yeah, Dark, so, Only Good Thing. So the, yeah. Yeah. So it's like four of the first six are like singles. Right. Um, and then Friend of the Dark's just like straight after that too. So it's like you gotta get Parasite, hear three singles, hear back to earth, hear two singles, and then hear the rest. Right. So hopefully people like the singles enough to listen <laughs> to it as it's like a journey. But I think the reason mainly on this particular release is like sonically it's best to listen to it front to finish because then you hear the the peaks and troughs and then you feel i guess what we're also trying to translate lyrically in each song more in those mood yeah. shifts um in between songs so that's why i think it's best to listen to it in that order because as much as our album it tells a story but it doesn't it's like a loose fitting story around a couple right. well a few characters and it's kind of just like yeah so like the wraith being one of the antagonists is like pretty much introduced straight away and then a pep sort of midway through and then the protagonist kind of dealing with both of them well kind of dealing with one and then dealing with both sort of like straight afterwards is a bit like yeah you should listen to it front to back that's yeah. that's my thoughts but i understand if you can't yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean i guess i get it attention spans are so short nowadays but um, I forget who it was that I was talking to, but we said it'd be really cool if the streaming services, you know, Spotify, Apple, whoever gave you the option that like the first time somebody clicks on that album that they have to listen to it in its entirety straight through. Like you're not allowed to shuffle. That button doesn't show up until after you've listened to it once. Yeah, I feel like that could even be a really good thing. Right. Or it could be like, you know what? I don't even want to listen to this album anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it would probably be one of the more polarizing uh, things that they did with it for sure. Um, I can't imagine. I can't imagine though if you liked a band, right? And they they released an album, and you hadn't heard any singles, you didn't want to skip the singles. Just right. to say you hadn't heard the singles, and sometimes I do that, where it's like it's a band that I like, and I know an album's coming. Sometimes I'll just go, I'll just wait for the album. I don't need to hear the singles. Like if I'm not like a super fan, if I'm just like a fan. Right. I then can't imagine going into that album and just going on the album, just pressing play on shuffle and just letting them give me whatever song from the album at the time. Like I yeah. can't imagine doing that. And if people do do that, they should go see a psychiatrist or something. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And, well, and I've always said, you know, like to me, two or three times straight through is is kind of ideal um the first time is that surface level listen just kind of see what grabs you 
Number two, you start deep diving and like really paying attention to the lyrics. And number three is where you can like, okay, I can formulate, this is a favorite track of mine. This is, you know, this has really hooked me in and kind of pick it apart a little bit. Um, yeah. I think if anyone can listen to my album three times in full, I would be stoked. Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like it would take them that third time to really get it. And I feel like once you've heard something three times, then it's like, it's different. You're going to start to enjoy it. Because there's been many times I've listened to an album once and it didn't capture me and I've just gone, oh, okay, I don't really like this. Yeah. And then you maybe hear a couple of other songs on the album, like a couple more times. And then you're like, hang on, this is actually pretty good. And then you go back to the album and then you're like, actually, the album's pretty good. Right. <laughs> but just because um, I guess that first time hearing it might not be what you expected or whatever. You didn't quite understand it. But yeah, if everyone could listen to it three times, I'm sure they'd leave it going like, I like this album. I like all the songs. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not all of them, but. A solid seventy-five percent of them. Yeah, we put. Well, the guys in the band wanted to cut back to earth. They really didn't want that song on the album. So maybe there'll be fans that sit on their side, or there'll be fans in there who are like me and really fought for that song to to be on the album. Yeah. No, I I think it's a solid choice. I I like where it's placed. I like the the feel of it. I think it breaks up just enough in the the flow where you're like, okay. Th- I guess no pun intended. I didn't think about it until just now. Like it kind of brings you back to earth for a second. Like, okay, the chaos has settled a, a little bit and then you can go into that next stage. Yeah. Oh, it seems like they're having a bit of fun and it's like, and it's like, oh yeah, cool. Like this is like, oh yeah, everything's all good. And then it's not the next yeah. song. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the rest of 2023, right? So Obviously, the album's going to drop. What kind of plans do we have for um, music videos? And you mentioned that you're working on trying to put together a tour, you know, and things like that. What's the the game plan if you had a, a perfect world for the rest of the year? What does Alts 2023 look like? Well, if I had it my way, um, well, straight away, I think we're shooting a video for Friend in the Dark tomorrow. So we haven't got anything for Friend in the Dark yet. So we're looking at doing something tomorrow. And um, I believe we're doing it in-house. So we're doing it all ourselves because our um, guitarist is like a graphic designer, videographer, photographer. So um, he did our ADD sort of like visualizer. So I think we're going to go on and do something for Friend in the Dark, but a little bit between a music video and just like an art piece, I guess. Yeah. Um, so we'll do that. Um, then we're doing New Zealand. So our first overseas shows with Thornhill, uh, end of June, early July. And then we head out on the road around Australia with Wind Waker and Caskets, which should be really good as well. Um, and then we have another tour that we just locked in that we can't announce yet, but that's also like in August. And then touring wise, hopefully we'll do yeah, either a headline tour or we may even just do like a hometown headline show for the album. We haven't decided yet. And then we're hoping to do like a festival run in December. So like summertime, um, just seeing how things go with that. Like that's been our goal all year. But outside of that, um, post creating the album, we got a new drummer and we got a new bass player. So we'll probably do some things to introduce them to the band. So whether it be like a drum playthrough and like a bass playthrough for yeah. 
for maybe for maybe singles that weren't or songs that weren't singles just to try and showcase songs that weren't singles as well as showcasing the the new members to be like oh uh james who drums for us who wasn't there for the album like oh he can play the songs on the album and and, uh stuff like that also maybe just some content around like because we've got so many shows coming up maybe we can film something maybe we can record something and put out like a a version or like a couple of versions of um like live versions of songs or something like that as well um just to continue to showcase non-single songs like maybe we'll have to do a like a couple maybe a song that was a single that's been popular and maybe one that's like a a non-single um just anything to try and yeah I guess bring to light songs that aren't singles just because we do feel super strongly about those songs as well and believe that they do deserve some focus um as well um but yeah we're going to continue to write well start to write some some new music and uh, hopefully with the album being out tour plans won't just be necessarily Australasia like it'll be yeah somewhere else that's like I guess the immediate plans is we want to we want to get overseas we want to play some shows we want to share our music with as many people as possible and give people yeah content that they can you know get to know more about us or see what else we could do and yeah we just want to be creative I guess yeah um Another question that I I love asking for anyone that has a new album coming out, because it's always, I think your your answer is going to be similar to mine on your album specifically, but uh, it's always funny because obviously, again, there's been so many singles off of it and everything, but once the album drops, what's the song that you think people are going to gravitate to? And then the flip side of that, what's the song that you hope that they gravitate to? Oh, um... I think well, it's tough. Um, I think that there's two songs, like if I'm looking at non-singles, because obviously like people have gonna already heard singles, so people yeah. aren't gonna necessarily gravitate to those because they already know them, they're familiar with them. But I think Parasite is gonna smack people in the face as soon as they hear that song. And I think that's gonna be a song that people really like um and i'm all for that and i hope that yeah as i said that's going to be a song that once the album's out we can start our set with and really just get it going straight away um but i think another song um which i think is a bit of a sleeper song that i think people gravitate to as well because i think off the bat the song is very catchy and it's very um it draws people in and i think that is the title track Mm -hmm. i think people will really click with it straight away and um I actually pushed for that song to be a single because I did think that that song straight off the bat would be a song that people would just go oh the chorus is catchy the the verses are catchy like I'm all in on this and it's it's probably one of our more generic songs on the album and we wrote it for that purpose just to be an easy song for people of that of the genre to just go oh this song great (laughs) Um, so I feel like those two songs will be the immediate ones that people to catch on to. But then the other three singles, yeah, like Back to Earth, uh, The Only Good Thing, or not singles, sorry. Um, Back to Earth, Only Good Thing, Better Off Leaving. I feel like they're potentially going to be the songs that are the slow, 
burn that I hope will end up being the songs that people really like down the track and they go like damn like the songs the songs cool the songs like really good and it's not going to be those songs aren't going to be for everyone but they're going to be the songs that I hope people will continue to like down the track for longer and we've noticed that with like the EP is like songs like Insubordinate and Chasing Safety and Pariah came out of the gates and people loved it but now we're seeing like nothing without you like I'm more soft the ballad song is the song that's now slowly been climbing up the ladder of the songs that's getting the most listens every month and it's right. just like become one of the more popular ones now which is what I think will happen with like those three songs but yeah. I'd like to get your thoughts what do you think so I think you're right I think Parasite is going to be the song that like initially if we're picking out of non-singles uh Parasite I think is going to initially just explode it's it's got the energy right off the bat it's going to be um I think a song that again, people just sink their hooks into right away. Uh, for me, honestly, I think the only good thing is the sleeper track of the album. I think it's going to be the one, it's probably the slowest burn, like you said, but I think for the people that it resonates with, it's going to be a favorite immediately, and they're going to be begging you to play it at shows. Like, I think it's that type of song that like, come on, man, like, we we have to have it type of thing yeah that's sweet that's cool i like that um it's really like i don't know it's a it's a nice song yeah and um i think it's catchy um but yeah so yeah i hope people like it i really do i hope that is a song that people want to hear live because that would be it'd be a cool one i think to play live and as i said regardless whenever we do some kind of headline thing we're doing that album in full and we're going to give people the chance to hear everything um so I hope we don't just play that song just, right. just on those one show or shows or whatever. So yeah. yeah, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Yeah. I I think I will be, but that's just me, you know, having 20 years of uh, music journalism experience here. So I've been yeah. wrong before, who knows? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, to kind of, Take us to the end here. One of the things I've been doing lately, uh, I refuse to come up with a better set of ending questions. So I bought this game called Hot Takes, and it's just like shitty opinions. And I'm going to ask yeah, you cool. two of the cards off of it, and uh, we'll see what you think. Um, yeah. So the first one is that being likable and charismatic is more powerful than being smart. Ooh. Yeah, look. Um, I think being smart is a trait that I would probably prefer, um, only because I feel like it holds more weight. Oh, I don't even know that. It's I was going to say, man, you're being, a front man being, of a band now. So <laughs> yeah, I know. Being likable and charismatic is just like, I don't know. I feel like it's very shallow, but it's also, um, I guess most people want to be liked, but a lot of people hold probably too much weight in charisma um and they base a lot of things just based on how that person is rather than what they are um whereas like intelligence is obviously something that's just it's more useful but it's also like i feel like it's a better trait to have because it means that you're more committed to something or you're something more substantial rather than just something flashy i don't know i wouldn't want people just to think of me as the person like oh 
yeah, he was just charismatic. Like, I'd right. want people to be like, oh, he was like a well-thought, well-educated, you know, something with more substance than just splashy show. Um, and, like, my wife's a scientist, and I'm just like, I love her brain. So, you know, it's just like, and she's the type of person that doesn't want to be all, all show shows. So it's just like, I don't know, that's what I care about. Yeah, no, I, I think you're spot on with it. I think, you know, a prime example, as weird as it's going to sound, is um, Paris Hilton, right? Like, they did the whole show with her being this just ditzy, really charismatic thing and, and made her uh, into that. But the girl has, like, a fucking master's degree in, like, political science and shit. Like, she's mm. actually really intelligent, and now she's trying to help, like, write laws and shit, but a lot of people don't take her seriously because it's, oh, it's Paris Hilton. Like, she can't be yeah, smart. Yeah, exactly. It's like, exactly. what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I guess it doesn't even need to be marketed as that because you can be intelligent and you can be charismatic right. and and that. And obviously, like, there's nothing wrong with being charismatic, and but... I, I wouldn't personally like to just be like Paris Hilton. Obviously, right. I'm not going to be <laughs> pigeonholed like that. But um, yeah, just be pigeonholed into that one thing. Like, oh, this person is is this one thing and that's it. You know, there's more to a person than that. For sure. Uh, the second one, I think, is a no-brainer, uh, especially for us on this type of a podcast. But it is that I would rather live without TV than without music. Interesting. I'd rather live without TV than music. That's difficult because I, I do say, like. You might go the opposite way. I don't know. <laughs> I do like both forms of of uh, art, but it's just at the moment I read heaps of books. So if you told me like okay. books or anything else, I'd probably be like, oh, I kind of want to keep my books. I've got like a library of like five hundred books behind me right now. Yeah. Um, but. I have to say music. I feel like I've had a longer, no, as in like keep music, right. get rid of TV. Um, because music has been a thing for me for so much longer. The only thing that I find is I find it harder to find music I like currently. Right. So there is less, there's probably more visual media that I like at the moment, like coming out than there is like all like music so that's why it was like a difficult question because it's like but then I can't go back and listen to the old music that I really liked or got me into all this sort of stuff so yeah I feel like I have to pick music but that was a harder one yeah I think for me it's it's music for the cheesy side of the answer like music has always been there right like it's gotten hmm. me through the best of times through the worst of times all that and like sure there's comfort tv shows or whatever like i love the office but i think for me in like my day-to-day -day life consumption wise music is easier for me to find time to consume than tv or movies or anything like that yeah true because when like when i wasn't reading so much i feel like i would watch something more often than i would listen to something so that's why I was like, oh, it's probably more like if I was to do something at home, I don't really listen to music much at home. Right. I'm probably either yeah, reading or watching something. But in my car, it's always like listening to music. That's normally my music time is in my car. Yeah. 
but yeah, at the same time, yeah, I'm just not finding a lot of music, like new music that I'm loving as much as I used to. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know what I'm after. Maybe I need to find a new genre or something like that. I don't know. But I find specks of stuff I like, but it's not it's not in the same place as it used to be. No, and I, I think what I've found recently is I say recently, over the last few years, it seems like it's become more and more the trend um, where obviously a lot of artists are releasing singles instead of full length albums and things like that. But I, I think to your point, like I'm finding songs that I like, but not albums or artists that I like a lot easier. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like one, we're, we're back in the 80s. It's one hit wonders again. Yeah. That's what we're doing. That's what yeah, we're doing. That's what it feels like for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like obviously with our album, we tried to make it. Yeah, all killer, no filler. So we've tried to try to spread the love, which probably means we probably won't have a single song that's like an absolute standout, like hit, hit. But it's like all songs are good, hopefully. And and that's an interesting thought too, though. Like, would you rather have one song that just explodes, or would you rather have you know these ten songs that all do decently or or moderately well? You know, like. One song that explodes, sure, maybe equals a payday because of the way streaming works. But like, oh, yes, you know, like, sure, I, I want that. But at the same time, from a longevity standpoint and fan base and whatnot, I think having a body of work that does moderately well or even decently well uh, as a whole means that I'm on the right track to be connecting with my fans a little yeah. more on a deep level you know what i mean i'd much more prefer that i yeah. like bands that have you know full albums that i like majority if not all the songs to um more than the bands where because there's plenty of bands out there where i've heard songs and i've heard one song and i'm like i really like this song and the song's done really well but then i've just never got into the band because i don't really like the rest of their music so i would rather listen to a band's album and go I really like all of these songs, but that band doesn't necessarily have a hit song. And there's heaps of bands like that that don't have a hit song, but I just really like their catalogue. And it makes me an actual like fan fan of their music rather than uh, like this song. So I would, I'd much prefer that. If, I, if we never have a hit hit, be sick if we had one, but right. if we never have a hit hit, if we could just get a fan base from having solid collections of work, then I'll take it. Yeah, for sure. And I'd probably prefer that. I'd probably like people to be like, I love hearing when it happened when Dysfunctional came out because it's so dynamic. And same with this album. Right. Is people come up to you and they go, oh, my favourite song is The Only Good Thing. My favourite song is Pariah. My favourite, oh, Parasite. My favourite song is Pariah's off our EP. My <laughs> favourite song's A Pet. My favourite song's Better Off Leaving. And it's just great to be like, so many people are loving different songs right otherwise if everyone just came up to you and was like oh my favorite song's right my favorite song's right my favorite song's right you just like oh does anyone like anything else that i spent the last two and a half years writing or what <laughs> but and on top of that so like now cool i have to play wraith at every fucking show that i do for the rest of my life like that song can't come out of rotation now that's pretty much us with Insubordinate right now. So we're hoping that some of these songs off this uh, album kicks Insubordinate's ass so that one day, who knows? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, awesome. Daniel, I've I've appreciated this conversation so much. Obviously, I'll, I'll link all your socials and everything, but what's the best way for people to find you online and kind of interact with you? Because you guys are super active. Yeah, so um, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify. We don't really use too much else. Um, but in terms of, yeah, when we're going to do some of this additional content, we do have our own channel. Um, so if you see any of our videos on the Sharp Tone channel, we'll normally do like one comment on there to kind of just like thank everyone for listening. So if you follow that link, it should take us to our actual YouTube channel, which is probably where we'd post any of our additional content throughout. So if you want to see those live videos or the acoustic versions of the playthroughs or anything like that, that'll be the spot. But yeah, most of our engagements through Instagram. Um, obviously, chuck us a follow on Spotify. But yeah, we, we do still use Facebook a little bit too. Awesome, man. Again, I appreciate it, especially with you, you know, having a show last night and uh, getting up early to, to have this talk with me uh, late for me, but early for you. So, uh, you know, um, definitely hope that you guys get to the States because I'd, I'd love to see the show live, especially, you know, once the album drops and you can put all that rotation in there. Um, I think you guys are on to something. It's not me blowing smoke up your ass or, or anything. I think You've got this really unique and, and dynamic diversity of, of soundscape within this project. Like there's there's pop punk, there's, you know, a little bit of hardcore, there's synth, there's so much diversity that you're not pigeonholed into. Cool, it's another, you know, it's another band that Nickelback, alt-rock to the moon, you know? Like, no, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's a little bit of everything in here, so it's great. No, thank you so much. Uh, really glad that you liked it. And um, yeah, that's what we're just going to keep doing going forward. We don't want to give people the same song twice. Yeah. Even though a pep is kind of like insubordinate part two, we felt like we had to do that. But other than that, like we're not going to probably do it again. So, um, but no, thanks so much for having me. It's been a really good chat and um, lots of unique, interesting questions, which is always really good rather than the same old stuff. So yeah. thanks, man. Really, it was a good chat. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it, and I'll uh, I'll let you know when this goes live and everything. All right. No, cheers, man. Awesome. Enjoy your day. Thanks, man. You too. Bye. Bye. And that was my conversation with Dan from the band Alt. Definitely huge shout out to him for having the time to do that conversation. Um, as you guys are aware, I do a lot of overseas uh, conversations. Dan's based in Australia me being based uh, in Indiana, a little bit of a time difference here. So um, really dope for him to find the time and, and work it out to where uh, we could have that conversation. Um, and yeah, I really want you guys to go check this out, uh, whether it's the new album, Abeyance, which drops on June 16th, whether it's the old catalog, whether it's a mix of both, whatever it is, go check them out because I think there's going to be a song for the vast majority of you. Um, you're going to add something to your playlist. So uh, as always, I'll have all the socials linked in the description of this podcast. So please go give them a like, share, subscribe, follow, all of that. Let them know if you listen to the podcast. Tell them that you make the scene sent you. Um, and, you know, just share the love. Make sure you're sharing uh, any posts that they do, especially around the new music, because you never know which of your friends are going to, you know, sink their teeth into it and, and enjoy it. So um, 
thank you again, Dan, so much for taking the time to, to have that conversation. And that's really everything we've got for this episode. So, as always, guys, I appreciate everything that you do for me um, and this podcast. And really looking forward to bringing you some more really cool conversations. I've got some concerts lined up for some uh, photography and whatnot very soon. So, be sure that you stay tuned. Follow us if you're not already Facebook and Instagram are where we're most active. A little bit of Twitter. Uh, YouTube is becoming more active for us. So if you like the conversations and you want to see the videos or um, maybe you prefer to, to watch while you're at work or whatever it is, uh, the YouTube videos are going up more frequently and much you know closer to the actual uh, podcast air date. So jump over and give that a follow or a subscribe as well. That'd be really, really cool for me. So that's everything, guys. As always, remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.